spook is out there. Yeah, good. Like the truth is out there. The X Files. It's paranormal related. Great. Welcome to Ooh Spooky, the podcast uh, where we discuss a book of. Yeah, I do the intros now, bitch. (laughs) You you absolutely outfit the shit out of me there. (laughs) I've got my little hood up as well. I feel like a strong guy. You You just look like the coldest man at a barbecue. (laughs) 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 Just sitting around one of those clear see through tables in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) These are your fucking friends. Yeah. So I don't even you fucking know. stupid uncle burnt my fucking kebabs. <laughs> Get me a beam and coke from the fridge. <laughs> Mine are on the bottom level. They're behind the lettuce. <laughs> They're in the drawer. They're in the drawer. Well, <laughs> oh, this fucking cucumber juice on it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's me. Uh, <laughs> Go on. Do the so what are, yeah, I'm, I'm in too deep now. Um, we talk about a book called Mysteries of the Unexplained, which contains many paranormal mysteries and otherwise, and it's hosted by myself, Luca Muller, and also... Come on, dude. I was oh, pointing okay. to you. Don't you fucking throw me oh. under the bus. Sorry, I'm just not used to being on this side of it. <laughs> <laughs> me, Adam Knox. And me, Peter Jones. And, uh, and on with the stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the first story is... How was that? Dude, that was great. Yep. I'm going to, after you've left, record me doing it and edit it in. <laughs> <laughs> Saying the exact words. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, the first story is from the section Beyond the Walls of Time The Wedding Day of Princess Maria del Pozzo della Cisterna I reckon you nailed that (laughs) (laughs) How would you pronounce the name Maria del Pozzo della Cisterna? With a slightly more racist accent Maria Uh, del Pozzo della Cisterna Well, actually, that's perfect (laughs) Who married Amidio a meteor? Whoa. <laughs> a meteor. Dude, I made a meteor. Now you're going to be putting a ring on a goddamn meteor. No, I a tell you what, my bloody husband, the only comes back once every 73 years. I know what he do. He a fucking destroyed in my house. <laughs> I don't know what he is. Uh, a meteor. The Duke. Yeah, Di- a meteor. We know. <laughs> the Duke di Alster. The uh, son of the King of Italy. It's not the sun. It's a rock. It looks bright <laughs> like the sun, but it's okay. actually a rock that's got, well, it's got gas and stuff. It's not a in. meteor. It's a meteor. Oh, okay. A meteor. <laughs> <laughs> in Turin on May 30th, 1867, was marred by these events. A meteor crashing into the earth. <laughs> these are the problems with this wedding. Okay. Number Bad one, wedding. her wardrobe mistress hanged herself. <laughs> oh, no. Jesus. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like the caterer didn't show up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the caterer demon. showed up and then they stood on the table where the catering was and she did it on the day of. <laughs> on the day of. Oh, fuck me. Do you reckon she loved the meteor? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love with the meteor. I can't stand to see that bright burning rock get married to anyone else. Well, Only- I, can't believe- I was there for the bridal shower and you were there for the meteor shower. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Best thing about marrying a meteor, they're really ready to comet. Yeah. I mean, you missed comment. my meteor shower. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that so meteor good. shower was good. Sorry, I was my thinking about my one. My favourite bit about this is that we won't have to do this joke for another 72 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's all acknowledge how good each other's were. Meteor yeah. shower, very good. Ready Com- to commit, commit. Yeah, pretty good. I've pretty not good. done one yet, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will, okay. Ah, who's the alpha dog now? <laughs> Interesting. It's, it's hosting that, really takes it out of you. <laughs> it's that literal dog that came into the room and started barking at all. <laughs> yeah, that's He's the, the alpha dog. Get out of here. <laughs> that dog flushed my head in the toilet. 
He took my lunch money. What's he going to use it for? He's a dog. <laughs> he can never reach the counter. He he's, ate He's going to go buy Alpha Brain. <laughs> <laughs> so the wardrobe mistress hanged herself. Yep. The palace gatekeeper. Uh, what do you think the palace gatekeeper did? Hanged oh. himself. Incorrect. <sighs> did he die? Yes. Okay. He shot himself. Cut his throat. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Jesus. hell. I hate <laughs> keeping the gate. <laughs> Lock the gate. <laughs> oh, he cut his throat. Uh, the colonel leading the wedding procession. Oh, tripped and banged his head. What did he do? The heart attack. Collapsed from sunstroke. <laughs> <laughs> like that's three on the list. Like yeah. hanged herself, cut his throat. Sunstroke was hot He didn't drink enough water His jacket was real warm Big colonel hat Dark colours, bright sun (laughs) We should have known here in Italy The station master was Um, uh, uh, A loser (laughs) (laughs) Nox, the station master was Uh, Violently ill all over like the floor or her dress or something Was crushed to death Holy (laughs) fuck Shit. Under the wheels of the honeymoon train. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he would have been crushed. Dude, and then dude. All, all the all cans would have like whacked him as well on the way past. Yeah, it's blood all over the just married sign. <laughs> yeah, it covers the eye and it says just marred. Whoa. That's what the wedding was. The king's aide was. AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, Gored to death by a bull. <laughs> Killed by a fall from his horse. Oh, Close. Close. I also like the idea that they are kicking on with the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep it going. <laughs> Play the organ. Oh, no, the organ has collapsed on the organ master. Okay. <laughs> Get the little ring boy up here. Oh, no, the little no, ring boy is choked on the ring. Choked on the ring. <laughs> but okay, how? The it's ring. got a hole in the middle. <laughs> well, I want my father to walk me down the aisle. Well, your father is absolutely drowned in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> the best man. Ah, fucked her. (laughs) (laughs) Close. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, he shot himself. (laughs) It is close. (laughs) Something got shot. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So the wardrobe mistress hanged... Like, is this just like a series of accidents where it's just like, oh, she hanged herself? Well, (laughs) I was in love with her. (laughs) Boom. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most terrible wedding. Everyone's trying to stop (laughs) it. One guy being like, I've been outside looking at these bodies all day. I'm fucking hot as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Make sure you include me in the write-up of tragedies of this day. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a water? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, we used all the water to try and... (laughs) We had to clean the ground. (laughs) We were trying to revive this man after he fell off his horse. <laughs> we used the water to wash down the gate after the gatekeeper got his throat in front of it. It's like, <laughs> ah, it's a hot day though. <laughs> I had to squint. I forgot my sunglasses. Oh, oh fuck. Oh, I'm feeling faint. <laughs> he, he died under a wagon there. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> you got like, like a. Like a fan, I could like fan myself. In. Oh, I'm feeling a bit loopy over here. <laughs> well, the king's aide was going to bring some, but he fell off his horse and died. It's like. You could just like I don't know anything like a like a guy like a <laughs> ice cube or something. Yeah, if you got anything, I could just like brush. My, just I just wave aloe, at me. I need some aloe vera. Jump, jump on that honeymoon train and there's gonna be water on there or something. <laughs> yeah, it's this one thirsty dude <laughs> He's killing yeah, everyone. Kill. <laughs> I'm like, can you ride and get me some water? Oh, I'm not good on a horse. Quick, just ride and get me some quick. water. Oh, I fell off. <laughs> hey, can you can you just like get a couple of ice cubes, put them down the back of my jacket? You can't. You should kill yourself, mate. 
<laughs> anyway, it ends with a sentence, the couple did not live happily ever after. Oh, no. What happened to them? <laughs> well, they were both fine and lived forever. They just had to keep thinking about how well all their friends were dead. <laughs> the ninth person at the wedding tripped over one of the corpses and <laughs> hit their heads on the ground. Um, Damn. That's a crazy-ass wedding to finish. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad, uh, that's a bad wedding. Mm. Yeah, I reckon don't go on with it. It was a meteor there. <laughs> Finally, you got one in at the end. Well done. Ah, the perfect meteor joke. Um, so this uh, next chat section, next story is from the section Unearthly Fates. Mm-hmm. British missionaries in Nepal were summoned to, to the deathbed of a Hindu priest in 1917. In the room, they found a 14-year-old Caucasian boy. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> well, this is why we left Britain. <laughs> Turns out it happens everywhere. Okay. The dying priest gestured towards him and said, I took this child from a street in Wimbledon, England. Okay, uh, please don't, don't Im- implicate me. Yeah, you don't have to finish that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's all right. Uh, that no. is plenty information for me. Say no more. Never seen it, never heard of it. Okay. All right, we will not contact the parents. Uh, in 1910... He gave no more details before dying. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I took this boy from a street in Wimbledon, England in 1910. Ooh, oh, God. Listen, we're Brits. Oh, phew. <laughs> we're Brits in the 70s. We're already having a hide Jimmy Savile. I don't want to continue with you as well. The mission in 1917. 17. Where we're already having a problem with everyone basically being a bit of a... Yeah, the BBC, I don't know if it exists yet, but bloody hell, it's already a big problem. Missionaries informed the authorities who were unable to identify the boy's parents. Uh, All that the boy himself could say was that his name was Albert. He spent the rest of his life in India without ever learning anything more about his origins. That's it? That's the end of the story. Oh, well, that guy kidnapped a boy. (laughs) Took him. Was he meant to be like... Is it implying that he's, you know how they say like the Dalai Lama reincarnates? Oh, right. Is that like a Nepalese version no. of that? Where like a Hindu I mean, no, stole a boy? I think it's a story about how a priest stole a boy hmm. and they just didn't know who the boy was. I guess if you're on your deathbed as well, you'd be like, I got away with it. Time to admit <laughs> I took this boy. I reckon he yeah. was like a street boy and he probably wanted to come with him. And he's like, yeah, I'll come back to India with you. He's like, Albert. Come <laughs> on, Does that mean Albert. you want to come with me? Albert. Albert. <laughs> Pokemon, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And then the missionaries thought it was sus, but the guy's like, I just took him in 1914. <laughs> I was going from Wimbledon, all right? <laughs> I was in Wimbledon. Yeah, I, I think that... I want a tennis match. <laughs> they used to give us boys instead of trophies. I think that the story is that, like, because it, it's Nepal, mm. it makes it somewhat exotic. So, like, and he had a little boy that he stole. All the way from, from England. To Nepal. Whereas yeah. if it was just like, and there he was in Manchester with a little boy that he stole. It's like, yeah. oh, God. God. But he was in the mountains, so... Oh, okay, okay. You're pretty cool, actually. Albert! What a mystery for little Albert. Who are your parents? Wimbledon? Albert. Wimbledon? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Get out of there. Uh, the final uh, the final story is... In, Better not be. Is, is, what was this, the second one? Is three stories from now. Yeah. <laughs> this story is the second one from the section The Unquiet Sky. No, third one. Third one. The third one. <laughs> Ultimate host, Dogger. <laughs> and eight, What's this, the first story? This is the third story. <laughs> An eight-inch globe Hell yeah. of ball lightning, <laughs> about as bright as a 10-watt bulb and giving off no perceptible heat, emerged from the pilot's cabin 
and floated down the aisle of an airliner on a New York to Washington flight on March 19th, 1963. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> Just after lightning had struck the plane. Damn. Passenger R.C. Jennison was especially struck by its perfect symmetry and almost solid appearance. I guess everyone else thought... Like, Everyone else is just like, hey, uh, what's this uh, fucking ball of lightning here? <laughs> hey, that's a weird ball of lightning. I wouldn't call it striking, but uh, yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah, your wife, uh, she's fine, but that ball of lightning is striking. <laughs> Almost solid appearance. <laughs> the biggest compliment that I, a New Yorker, could pay you anything. Almost solid, pretty good. Like the cheese on that pizza from the pizza place I hate. <laughs> the one that ain't the original Ray's. Almost solid like a New Jersey bagel. <laughs> <laughs> solid like the Mets last season. <laughs> Everyone on the planet is from New York. <laughs> it's oh, New York to Washington. <laughs> We're going to Washington here. <laughs> going to go see the president. <laughs> Just an unbearable cacophony of, I'm flying here. <laughs> Every of lightning person. coming down the aisle. It's like, hey, 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 oh, get out of here. Hey, whoa. Ain't seen, uh, ain't seen eyes that blue since uh, <laughs> Frankie. <laughs> hey, we're flying for where Hey, we're... I tell you what, a ball of lightning from New York never strikes the same plate twice because he gets it done the first time. Hey, you, hey. Hello. Hey, hello. Hey. Hey. <laughs> that regular lightning goes New York lightning goes Oh <laughs> That's what Yeah that's what If you ever hear thunder in New York You see the lightning first And then you hear Oh yeah. You can tell how far away you are from a New Yorker From when you see their mouth open To when you hear the Oh <laughs> <laughs> One Jimmy <laughs> oh, oh, that's uh, fun to say. It is a fun thing to say. Uh, I reckon that happened. I reckon that also happened. It got struck by lightning, and then there's a weird electrical thing that happened in the yeah, yeah, thing. like static, and it was in the center of the plane because a plane is a sphere, and or it, like you know, no, it's not a sphere, all, but a it's tube. not a sphere at all. It's around the cabin is round. Yeah. So if the lightning was in the middle of that, you can imagine it. Gathering in a ball for some reason. Yeah, I'm sure there's <laughs> because science. of the lightning that struck the plane. Do you want to hear the New York alphabet? Yes. A. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P. <laughs> That's Q R S T. You looking at me? And Z. This next story is from Monsters and More. Okay. Everyone's favourite chapter. Is it? Oh, I get a lot of people writing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you holding back letters? <laughs> Let me see them. Oh, they're all handwritten from I'm ghosts. From ghosts. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, in early August 1919, oil began to spurt from the walls and ceilings of Swanton Nova's rectory in Norfolk, England. I can love these ones. What the fuck is a, what's a rectory? Um, what do you reckon, mate? What do you reckon a rectory is? I don't know. Rectory, isn't that like where the like a, a priest or a reverend lives? Is a, it? a directory is something that has a bunch of, you know, information in it. A directory. Ooh. I'll have a look. Rec- How do you spell rectory. that? Rectory. R-E-C-T-O-R-Y. R-E-C-T-U-M? 
Because <laughs> that's what I've searched. <laughs> it's, there's a lot of oil. <laughs> Just spurting from the walls and ceilings. Uh, a Church of England benefice held by a rector. Right. Okay. So, what's a rector? Is a priest. Not much. I barely know her. Oh, oh anyway. God. That was a bad one. I combined it. two there yeah, as well. Why, why, what? Not much. Any, <laughs> at the, first, it was supposed that the... Norfolk, England. Norfolk. So, adjust your accents. <laughs> oh. Change it. Oh. At first it was supposed that the house stood over a natural natural oil well. Yep. And that the liquid is being soaked up by the walls and then somehow ejected. That makes sense. I believe but when the oil was found to be refined gasoline, this Uh-oh. theory was abandoned. Showers of water Methylated spirits and sandalwood oil followed. At one point, the oil flow was at the rate of a quart every 10 minutes. The rector, Reverend Hugh Guy... (laughs) Fuck that up. (laughs) Hugo. No, no, no. Uh, Or if there's two of them. (laughs) Hugh Guy. Hugh Guy. (laughs) Huge Guy. No. Hugh Guy was soon obliged to move these furnishings into another house. I still live here, but my couch <laughs> is next door. Honestly, can I, can I bring my table round to yours for a bit? Because it's wet with gas. <laughs> is that all right? It's right. gasoline covered in it. A magician and his wife, a Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Oswald Williams, went to the rectory to investigate. Okay. Nice. <laughs> no, don't worry. I've got help. Oh, did you call like a plumber? <laughs> no, it is me. <laughs> oh. An investigating magician. <laughs> is this your card? Well, that's the end of my investigation. <laughs> New investigation. Is this your card? <laughs> Wait, you need a ma- you need a magician for another bizarre thing that a magician has nothing to do with. Is this my card? Time <laughs> to solve the case of the disappearing rabbit. <laughs> He's just gone around to put on a show. He's not even investigating. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Putting pails of salted water about, they hid and watched. <laughs> we can't let the oil see us. We <laughs> <laughs> have to hide. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a magician. A watched pot never boils and an oily wall never seeps. <laughs> Uh, on September 9, they announced that the culprit was the 15-year-old scullery maid oh. Whom they caught throwing salt water on the ceiling <laughs> 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 Why, like, she can see them behind the couch Like, yes, well, well, well <laughs> We caught you once more But the girl denied it And she said she'd been beaten to make her confess Oh, God, oh God. God. <laughs> well, well, the maid did it Well, you beat the shit out of me to make me say that uh, no, I solved it. I solved the issue of how to make you say that you did it. The foreman of an oil company went to check the house. Look at us. What a ragtag team of investigators. Get out of here, magician. Yeah. Listen, there's four of us and one of you. We're going to overpower you. We've got four men. Oh, well, gosh. There's a lot of oil coming out the wall. I'll call an expert. The magician. He hasn't worked out. I'll call somebody from an oil refinery. Uh, checked the house and caught two gallons, gallons of oil in four hours. 
and a second magician turned investigator. What? <laughs> Fucking <Yeah>. hell. <laughs> a second one. Jesus. Yes, it's also me. No, you didn't call Jeeves first, did you? <laughs> He's a hack. Both at magicianing and investigation. Is this my card? I did that one as well. <laughs> Please, you're here late. <laughs> And a second magician turned investigator. These are the only two magician turned investigators I've ever heard of. They have to be. Stated that he observed the flow of barrels of oil during his visit to the premises. The source of the oil was never determined, but it seemed unlikely that the girl could have handled such copious quantities of it. Why? It's not that much. Where'd she get it from, though? Gallons and gallons of oil. How much is a gallon? A lot. Okay. I prefer if it's like a grizzled, like like a private dick investigator who's like... Yeah, yeah. I used to be a magician. He's <laughs> smoking around the oil. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, God. Oh, no. oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. He's like smoking a cigarette. He goes, takes it away and it's gone. <laughs> then pulls it out of his ear. <laughs> yeah, I used to be a magician. Still know some of the old tricks. A beautiful dame walked in here one day. Cut her in half. <laughs> Pulling a rabbit out of a fedora. <laughs> I wear a long coat because I'm a detective, not because I'm hiding shit anymore. <laughs> I don't hide nothing no more. My heart on my sleeve. The other sleeve, a series of cards. Yeah. You could say my, my heart on my sleeve. My spade, also my sleeve. <laughs> my diamond, other sleeve. You could uh, the club, also <laughs> the other sleeve. You could say that my life's changed a lot because I used to be a magician. Now I'm a detective. So now I solve sexual assaults. <laughs> <laughs> Who's getting sexual assaulted and going like, who was that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll get to the bottom of this one, miss. It was me 10 years ago when I was a magician. When I was doing look, I'm sorry. (laughs) But it was a different time in my life when I was a magician. Sexual assault's still not okay back then. No. I'm a magician. That's what we do. I used to be a magician. Now I am a detective. Oh, I'm a magician. (laughs) (laughs) I used to be. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I can't find them. (laughs) I was a better magician than I am investigator. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any answers. (laughs) A magician who's now a detective. did you find out who did it? Yeah. Oh, so who was it? A great detective never tells. <laughs> That's not true. Tell us. Magician telling his parents that he's become a private investigator. <laughs> Don't worry, mom and dad. I am settling down and taking this seriously. So I am no longer a freelance magician. Now I am a freelance private investigator. A much harder job to find work in. It has to come to me. It's harder for me to go to parties. I'm no longer invited. I create a scene. Ask too many questions. I used the same business card. I printed it on the back. (laughs) It still says magician on there, but mentally just change it to detective. I got the same contact details. I do not have a gun yet, but I still have my wand. (laughs) It's good for slapping at hands and pointing at things. There is the body. <laughs> Honestly, when I got into this, I hoped there'd be a lot more crimes where somebody had turned two balls into three balls and somebody wanted to know how that was done. Abracadabra, that's a murder. 
Miss, I understand you are sad. Don't worry, I will make those tears disappear. <laughs> okay, well, I guess you're innocent then. Oh, just one more question. What do you do for a living? <laughs> He's doing a little bit of crab work there. Okay, now uh, let me have a look around. Uh, that's the body. Is this your husband? <laughs> this dead body. I've never met this body before. <laughs> okay, I found the knife. Now, can you please tap it to prove that it is a real knife? <laughs> yes, it is the murder weapon. <laughs> Yeah, so many fingerprints all over everything. Can you verify this is a real gun? <laughs> ah, that's fun. I'm so sorry. <laughs> all right, the final story. Uh, unfortunately, I assume will involve no. Is this not number four? I put all the this clothes. The <laughs> this is the final one. Okay. Final one. I put all the clothes in my head. I thought it was my carrying head. It was my disappearing head. <laughs> they're gone. I don't know where they go. Where is the evidence? Oh, it's up my sleeve behind this uh, handkerchief. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she, wa- <laughs> she walked into my detective's office around midnight. She had the kind of body you just wanted to soar in half. <laughs> He, well, yeah, he doesn't want to put any fingerprints on the gun. I'll just zoom my handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the gun has disappeared. Yeah. It's, it's like that big magician's box, and then on one end, a chalk outline of legs, and then chalk outline of <laughs> head on the other end. <laughs> uh, one of them, this is the final story from the section in the realm of miracles. Now, this is a long story. Okay, so brace yourselves. I'm uh, ready. And just keep thinking of things that a magician might do. <laughs> okay. This is going to be another one of those famous boring long stories, <laughs> is know, it? That's not necessarily true. Okay. Oh, boring one, long story, eh? One of the most unusual Christian saints and the most susceptible to levitation was Joseph Dessa. Okay. Canonized as Saint Joseph of Capitino, he was born to poor parents in southern Italy in 1603. His childhood years were marked by unusual piety and a kind of spiritual absent-mindedness that caused his schoolmates to nickname him Open Mouth. <laughs> what, why'd they nickname him that? Because he was always just like kind of just like looking uh, off in the distance. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, uh, I've got to nickname you uh, Open Mouth. <laughs> yeah, that guy hey, just... Uh, said, I came up with a good nickname uh, for our friend, Joseph. <laughs> what are you going to call him? Joy Big Mouth? No. I'm going to call him Open Mouth. It is not catchy. It is not. Does not to pop. It does not pop. <laughs> no pop. This kid is so unnaturally dumb. People are like, oh, he's a religious. Like the fact that they called him pious. I don't believe he's pious. I think he's just dumb hanging around churches. As he grew. I prefer sausage rollers. Nice, man. What about the media? <laughs> As he grew older, Joseph practiced increasingly harsh austerities. By the time he was 17, he was wearing a hair shirt. <laughs> yeah, you heard correctly. He had a hairy okay. chest. And he had taken to sprinkling his food, a few vegetables, which he ate sparingly at infrequent intervals, with a bit of powder to make it less palatable and enjoyable. Oh, my God. To make it less palatable. Oh, my God. Dude, open mouth. We gave you a lot of shit when you were a kid, but you need to rein it in here. <laughs> Close that mouth. Do not eat that pizza. <laughs> I'm sorry that we made fun of you. Honestly, it's clearly affected you. In 1620, the Capuchin Order admitted him as a lay brother. 
Um, Dude, <laughs> I'm a lay brother. That's what me and my group of mates call each other. The lay brothers. We're the lay brothers. <laughs> yeah, nice. At first, he was set to work in a dining room, but his absent-mindedness, fits of ec- ecstasy, and careless ways with the crockery soon had him demoted to odd jobs in the kitchen. <laughs> he's, a, he's a standard over there, dropping the plates. <laughs> he smashed the plates, but he looked happy. <laughs> he wasn't loving it. <laughs> he had a fit of ecstasy. Even as a carrier of firewood, though, Joseph was found wanting. And after eight months, he was dismissed from the order. He's just clearly an idiot. What do you mean? The man who pours... He's a dullard. He can't shut his goddamn mouth. The guy who's putting bitter powder on his food is an idiot. That guy's a moron. I've got the courage to say it. He's a fool. At Grottoleggi, near his hometown, Joseph found his way into the order of conventual Franciscans as a, as a mule keeper. <laughs> <laughs> now, all you have to do is make sure the mules don't leave this no, area. Stop sprinkling the mules with that bitter powder. <laughs> I don't even know why they made that powder. They don't have any mules. <laughs> it's just an empty stable. They're like, you look after these ones. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I've got this. <laughs> do you have four vegetables? <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, let me just get the bitter powder out. It's a sprinkles, sprinkle. This time he was better at his work, and in uh, 1625 he was received into the clerical state. Honestly, the the bar to get into these places is quite low. Uh-huh. Two years later, he became a novice in the monastery at, at Grottoleggi, and on uh, nowhere near being pronounced correctly. I just, <laughs> I just like it, Grottoleggi. <laughs> Grottoleggi. Grottoleggi. And on March 28th, 1628, he was ordained a priest, largely because his classmates did so well in their oral examination that the bishop, believing that all the candidates in the group must be equally well prepared, did not bother to ask Joseph any questions. <laughs> You know what the fuck their oral examinations at the church do. You, you guys, know what the fuck they doing. You guys have done such a good job that I have no further questions. Uh, in the monastery, Joseph was able to devote himself to his austerities. He's, he scourged himself so forcefully that the walls of his cell were blood spattered and he became so proficient at making his food unpalatable that a fellow monk who gingerly tasted it was nauseated for three days. Why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? <laughs> There's nothing suffering about- for God? I guess. I guess so. But He's whipping himself. It's psycho. It's so yeah. psycho. In Joseph's He's ex- bleeding all over his fucking apartment. And someone tried and goes, can I have a taste of that? What are you putting on that thing? Oh. oh. Oh, that's so oh. bitter. <laughs> Sick for three days. It came out the end of the mule. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... Say the mouth. The bum. <laughs> Joseph's ecstasies, moreover, had rapidly become so disruptive that he was forbidden to join the other monks in the choir or the dining room. What do you think they mean by ecstasy? Uh, jerking off? He must- that kid is oh. jerking off. You reckon? Yes. No. Do you reckon it's a guy that's just jerking off too much and then like poisoning his own food? It- you, do, are we suspecting that he's like dumb? <laughs> I've said dumb a couple of times. Okay. But how dumb? You know, you know how dumb I mean. Like, listen, if I said the word I want to say, we'll put a real bitter powder over this podcast. <laughs> what, yeah. dumb dumb? <laughs> a dumb dumb. Like he opened his mouth and a chromosome fell out. Or in. I don't know how it works. <laughs> These peculiarities and the increasing rumours of miracles associated with him. Where, what are they doing? They probably say it is a miracle he made it to mule work today. <laughs> Brought Joseph to the attention of the ecclesiastical authorities. And 
And he was ordered to Naples to face an examination by the Holy Office. So you say they call this kid Open Mouth. <laughs> hmm. so, send send him here. here. <laughs> it's the Forrest Gump of priests. He <laughs> 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 uh, better know when to keep his mouth shut, though, by the way. I just want to mean that. The Inquisitors found nothing to censure him. For and allowed him to worship in their own church of St. Gregory of Armenia. And there, something remarkable happened. Joseph had said mass in a private chapel and had then withdrawn to a corner of the church to pray. <laughs> Suddenly and without warning, he rose into the air and uttering a sharp cry, flew to the altar, his body upright and his arm outstretched. Dive bomb! <laughs> <laughs> Cannonball! <laughs> Seeing him alight on the altar amid the burning candles, several nuns began to scream, He will catch fire! He will catch fire! But Joseph, Joseph's companion, Brother Lodovico, who seemed to have had some familiarity with such sights, urged the nuns to greater faith and assured them that Joseph would not be burned. And sure enough, after a short time, Joseph gave another cry and flew back from the altar. This time in a kneeling position In which he landed safely on the church floor Then to the further astonishment of the nuns He leapt to his feet in a whirling dance Crying Oh most blooded virgin Oh sorry Oh most blessed virgin (laughs) Oh god Most blessed virgin Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One other levitation was witnessed by the Pope himself He's ended up with the Pope. He was just chatting to John Lennon yeah. on the <laughs> Tonight, on that Tonight Show. Then he met JFK. Now he's talking to the, Pope. the Pope's just at his office and <laughs> <laughs> looks out the window. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Joseph had gone to Rome, where he'd been arranged for him to see Pope Urban. Ah, oh, that that Pope was really good at ping pong. Hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That Pope was great at ping pong. What's that? I don't understand. Forrest Gump. He oh, plays ping I pong thought it was animals. Urban. It's like it's Keith Urban good at <laughs> ping pong. No. Pope Urban, uh, the um, one, two, three, eighth. <laughs> Urban uh, the eighth. Pope Urban the eighth. Joseph was quickly moved to ecstasy by the presence of the Holy Father. Good God, Jesus! Oh, I cannot God. stop coming. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like get your hand off him. <laughs> Rose into the air where he remained until the father general of his order brought him to his senses. Get down! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking flying around. What are you doing? Jerking off and then floating. <laughs> Witnessing this, the Pope remarked that... Like a cartoon character who's like smelled a good ham. <laughs> <laughs> floating around because he's so horny. <laughs> Witnessing this, the Pope remarked that if Joseph should die before him, he himself would testify to the truth of what he had seen. Uh, but now Joseph's strange fortunes changed. Uh-oh. From Rome, he was summoned in April 1639 to Assisi, where the custos of his order, the second in command, had become suspicious of his raptures and eccentricities. In Assisi, he was subjected to scathing... Assisi was always really mean to a Niles Niles. <laughs> a Niles. Niles, yeah. yeah Niles. Assisi was the same. Assisi. He was subjected to scathing criticism, was repeatedly called a hypocrite in public and private, and was bullied... Threatened and humiliated. Is that open mouth? Who's being called a hypocrite? Yeah, yeah. By, by a his hypocrite. second in charge or whatever. Okay, yeah. For two years, his treatment continued. Joseph bore it with patience and humility, but at the cost of severe self-doubt. During this period, he suffered a siege of hallucinations. Mm-hmm. At last, news of his condition reached the Father General of his order, who called him to Rome. He's back to Rome again. A short time later, Joseph returned to Assisi. What year is this? Uh, 1639 Yeah Sweet 
And Joseph returned to Assisi where the local people greeted him with great enthusiasm. There's a dumb boy who floats. <laughs> <laughs> there now began a period where, when Joseph's ecstasies and levitations were so frequent as to become his normal behavior. Music in particular was apt to provoke an ecstatic oh, yeah. flight. One Christmas Eve, sh- some shepherds, who at Joseph's suggestion were playing their pipes in the church at Grottoleggi, saw the saints so moved to joy by their music that he began to dance. Then sighing and uttering a cry, he rose into the air and flew some 20 yards to the high altar where he embraced the tabernacle and knelt for 15 minutes or so amid the burning candles. Then he flew back to the floor. (laughs) There's no information about what a fit of ecstasy would mean. It's all just (coughs) drug shit. (laughs) It's like that happy shit when people go like, oh, I'm seeing God when they're getting their hand like shoved on their forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sometimes Joseph's flight took place outdoors. One day, for instance, he was walking in the kitchen garden with a priest who remarked on the beauty of the heaven God had created. In response, Joseph gave his high-pitched cry and promptly flew to the top of an olive tree. (laughs) Is he a cat? (laughs) I don't know, but he's like so dumb that like, imagine walking with him. It's like, oh man, I love how like the God, the heaven that God's created. (laughs) Promptly, where he remained for half an hour, kneeling on a slender branch. On this occasion, the rapture deserted him before he regained the ground and the priest had to get a ladder to help him down. Nah, I'm leaving. He's done this before. I'm going. He had to get a ladder to help him down. (laughs) At other times, Joseph was able to lift others with him into the air and once said to have thus cured a violent madman, uh, Baldurassi Rossi, of his lunar... <laughs> it's just Rassy Rossi. Stop calling me bald. I'm not uh, mad. Rassy Rossi. Of his lunacy, Joseph's treatment was to place a hand on Rossi's head and say, Sir bald. bald. <laughs> Sir bald Rossi, do not be in doubt, but commend yourself to God and to his most holy mother. And then seizing bald Rossi by the hair with that same hand to rise into the air with him and remain there for a quarter of an hour. Oh my God. <laughs> Reports like this, especially when they occur in great numbers inevitably have the quality of a fable or folktale. In fact, though, Joseph Thame was such that many illustrious people in Europe sought him out and testified to the miracles they saw him perform. In 1645, for instance, the Spanish ambassador to the papal court visited Joseph in his cell at Assisi and afterward told his wife that he had seen and spoken to another St. Francis. His wife was eager to enjoy the same privilege and so Joseph was ordered to come down to the church and speak with her. I will obey, Joseph said, but I do not know whether I shall be able to speak with her. What followed was testified to under oath by numerous eyewitnesses during the process that led to Joseph's canonization. In point of fact, no sooner had he entered the church than his eyes rested on a statue of Mary Immaculate, which stood over the altar. Uh oh. <laughs> What's and he going to do? <laughs> and he Ready had, for a bit of ecstasy, is he? <laughs> and he at once flew about a dozen paces over the heads of those present to the foot of the statue. Harbour, harbour! <laughs> <laughs> then after paying homage, there was some short space and uttering his customary sh- shrill cry, he flew back again and straight away returned to his cell, leaving the Admiral, his wife and the large retinue which attended them speechless with astonishment. <laughs> He's walked in, spotted the statue of the, the, the Mary Immaculate. <laughs> 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 Another eminent witness to Joseph's flight was Johann Friedrich, Duke of Brunswick, who visited... given a lot of examples, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they padding this one out. <laughs> who visited... This is like the last book in the story as well. It's pretty close to the end. Mm. He visited Assisi in 1651 and greatly wished to see the famous friar. 
He and two companions were taken to a room from which they could secretly observe Joseph saying mass. <laughs> uh, you guys are going to want to look through this hole in the wall here. You can see the freaking weird little boy. <laughs> now your eyes will be the eyes of a painting on the other side, so <laughs> make sure you don't move them around. <laughs> As they watched, the monk gave his customary cry and rose in a kneeling position into the air. <laughs> Moved backwards five paces or so and then forward toward the altar where he remained suspended in ecstasy for some time. The Duke, a Lutheran, was most... They say that like that means something. (laughs) A Duke, a Lutheran, was most anxious to see this phenomenon again. And since there seemed some possibility that he might thereby be converted converted to Catholicism, he was allowed to watch Joseph at Mass on the following day as well. This time he saw Joseph floating about 10 inches above the altar step. His doubts resolved. The Duke embraced the Catholic face. Faith. Faith. Faith? Faith. Faith. What's it say in the book? <laughs> Faith. <laughs> As Joseph's fame grew, so did the numbers of those hoping to see him perform a miracle. In 1653, he was ordered to leave Assisi and go to a Capuchin monastery at Pieta Rosa in the Duchy of Abino. He spent three months there and was then transferred to a series of monasteries. Wherever he went, the news of his presence soon spread and crowds of miracle seekers gathered. And the miracles continued. Finally, he was sent to the monastery of Zosimo, not far from... They're just transferring him like he's a like a member on a football team. <laughs> Almost like he's an enormous burden to whoever has to look after him. <laughs> he, in 1663, he succumbed to his final illness. During his last months, he was attended to by the surgeon Francisco uh, Piapaolo who described how when he was castorizing Joseph's leg one day, the saint passed into a rapture and was raised a hand's breadth above the chair throughout the operation. Joseph died. <laughs> God was really on his side that day. <laughs> on September- I'll raise him up, cut him deeper. I want him dead. <laughs> I'm God. On September 18, 1663, his last words before passing into the ecstasy in which he remained until his death were, Oh, what chance, what sounds of paradise. What perfumes, fragrance, sweets and tastes of paradise. Life is like a box of chocolate. (laughs) He was canonised on July 16th, 1767. And that is the story of the dumbest priest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, The the flyingest priest as well. The guy loves to fucking fly around. He said fly. (laughs) He was zipping about like a motherfucker. And we are zipping off from this episode... Of Ooh Spooky, we've done yet another. Uh, we'll be back next week with more. In the meantime, go, uh, you know, rate and review if you feel like it. If you're going to be positive, I want to feel ecstasy from those reviews. Uh, follow Benedict us on... Benedict Cumberbatch only. Leave reviews, please. Um, BC. Twitter. Twitter. Adam G. Knox. Lucas C. Marla. Peter the Jones. And the podcast itself has uh, social medias. Get around them. Twitter, Instagram. Facebook. Come to Catfish place. Comedy every Tuesday or come and see the Gong Show on Saturdays in June and July in Melbourne and come and see us in Edinburgh. That's all there is to it. Next week we'll be back with another episode, so join us, won't you? And hey. Yeah. See you guys. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm hey, the host hey, now, whoa, motherfucker. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Stay spooky, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Fuck you, dogs. See you later. <laughs>